Experience worship. True worship. Experience the word. Bringing you wholeness. Experience the warmth of fellowship. Experience wholeness at Lighthouse. Join us every Sunday and Wednesday at the Lighthouse. House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. Visit our website at www.lighthousenergy.org or contact us at info at lighthousenergy.org. The Lighthouse, lighting your pathway to destiny. Of the air, to every beast of the field, but for 
And so in the context of marriage, because I will read the New Testament now, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 and 24. Let me just quickly state what the man does, what the woman should do. We are talking about the ideal of the marriage institution that God started. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22, I, I can read it to 24. He said, wives, submit to your own, not to every man, submit to your own husband. As to the law. So if you are a believer, Christian woman, you submit to your own husband. The same way you submit to the lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. The reason why I pause is because I want to get your attention. Yeah? Because I know that the voice of feminism is on the rise. You know, and the lines are very broad. Then we will just do something. He said, just like the church is subject to Christ, let everyone be to their own husband. How? In everything. That is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So, submission is a thing of the heart. So, to every woman, you are supposed to support your husband. Your own husband, not every husband. Your own. You made the choice to marry that man. So you are supposed to defy. You are supposed to compliment. You are supposed to synergize. You are supposed to do just the same way you don't struggle with Christ. Over his lordship over your life is the same way. The same way you trust Christ, not to mismanage your life, is the same way. And I have an amen this morning. So, you are the helper, you are not the director. You are the stabilizer. But you are not the cover. So, honor and respect, which is mutual anyway, it's supposed to be the hallmark of a godly woman. There's no need fighting over issues. If you can't get it resolved, as the stabilizer, you can pray. You can negotiate. Can I have an amen? Every man has a mumu button. But you can't press it by nagging. Center, 
ahead of time. And I can bring people to help to come along because I see the future. I see where we are going. I see I have an assignment in God. I'm not talking about ministry now. I can vividly describe to you as my wife five years from now, ten years from now, fifteen years from now, twenty years from now. And as we bring children into that space, I can provide leadership for everyone. That's man. That's manhood. That is responsibility. Before we begin to find ourselves like Tom and Jerry, we need to put these things in perspective. If I pick you in my car today and I say, let's go, you ask me where. If I drive after 30 minutes and I can't define, you ask me, the, a very reasonable person will ask me, where are we going? Every woman is curious to know where the home is going. Commitment. 
not married yet and you want to get married, please, it's non negotiable. You are committed to God and then you are committed to your spouse. Marriage is no transaction. And it's not transactional. Please, commitment. Commitment. And let me say something about this commitment. Please, no matter what it is, if the Holy Spirit is living in us, self-control, self-restraint, abuse in whatever form of fashion is not acceptable. It's not. Violence against men, against women, against children, is not acceptable. It doesn't show self-control. It doesn't show consistency. It doesn't show gentleness. It's not. Manipulation, abuse is not, is actually a mark of weakness. Violence is a foolish behavior. I'm going to, because I'm talking about what I do. So if the thing hits you, you need to make attitudinal adjustments. That's the thing. We've talked about family of origin. Some of these things that people do or reproduce in marriage were things that they picked up. For you to, for me to shut her down, a slap is not a means. It actually aggravates it. I used to, we used to know someone like that. He would slap his wife. They are divorced today, but he would slap. Until one day, his friend asked him, he said, so has, he, has she changed now? He said, no. From back, the, the, the more I slap, the more. So it means that approach can never work. Self-restraint. And I'm, I'm happy. That's why I read Amplified Classic. He didn't say the devil caused it. So it means the power to live this way lies within us. Please understand, brother, sister, the love of God has never and will never go to a divorce court, provided the two parties walk in the reality of this God's love. I've never been to a court. I've been to a few. I've been witnessing them in one or two. I've never been to a court and say, two people are here today, they are in love, but they want to divorce. What usually causes it is Change. 
this morning. So compromise. Compromise. Say irreconcilable differences. But do you know that those differences are the very thing that attracts people to each other? Those differences. So in other words, we can disagree and not become disagreeable. We can disagree on issues, but it doesn't make us enemies. Please, if you are going to run well, the way God designed marriage, your way is not the only way. Your way, my way, in my own home, is not the only way. Each party is designed by God to contribute to the strength and character of that marriage. And I have my neighbor this morning. I just want to know you are here. Galatians 3.27, talking about it, just in the sight of God. Eh? In the sight of God, the man is not the head of the woman. God is our head. But the man just cover his family on behalf of God. I don't know if you get that. So, if I say I'm head, it means I'm sitting over you. No. We are co-heads. Co-heads. He said, as many of you who are baptized into Christ, we have put on Christ. We have. We are co-heads. We are co-heads. So, a man is not a dictator. If I am a dictator, I am breathing anarchy in my house. Please, if your wife, as a man, I'm talking to myself, if your wife and children are afraid of you, you will likely die young. That's the thing. I will speak the truth in love. Because when you are making errors, nobody
know can we learn as I'm learning, as every other person is probably learning, can we begin to see other people as being created in the image and in the likeness of God? So when I say you are a fool, technically I am saying God is a fool. And every other negative word that we all use. Let's read till 30. So my word is a commitment. It's communication. Said, do not dream. So when I speak wrongly, whether to my spouse or to anyone, I am grieving the Holy Spirit of God. I am vexing the Holy Spirit of God. I am offending the Holy Spirit of God. I am putting sadness in the heart of the Holy Spirit. By whom we were sealed, marked, branded as God's home, secure on the day of retention, on the final deliverance through Christ from evil and consequences of sin. So it's very important. James 1.19, James chapter 1 verse 19. Please, when we talk, you should be in love, mutual understanding, mutual grace. James 1.19, understand this, my beloved brethren, let every man be quick to hear, that is a ready listener, slow to speak, slow to take offense, and to get angry. Can we have an email this morning? That's God's idea. Imagine if we are committed, imagine if we compromise, imagine if we communicate very well, there's no basis for confusion or conflict in our home. Please, as I wrap up this this morning, we've gone through the week, and if you have not been, I mean, if you don't understand um, um, the Wednesday services and all that, you've not been part of it, please go to the YouTube if you are here. And people, can I have my phone, please? I, I need to read the testimony of someone of, of that. There's some watching outside. And because he wasn't, he wasn't present at that Wednesday service, I mean, she said she had a contribution uh, to make. Um, it was people talking around themselves. But generally, what I want to end with this morning is that how do you get healed from those things that you recognize from your family of origin? I'm going to work on it. Number one, how do you get healing? Please, don't put pressure on yourself. Because there are age-long things that have been teaching. It has formed your paradigm. It has formed the way you look at things. So, Philippians 1.6 is my first advice to you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. It says on Philippians 1, 6. It says, so then, my beloved, Philippians 1, 1, 1, 1, 1. He who began a good work. What God is thinking about you. He said, I am confident of this very thing. So we have recognized those things. They are out of place. They can't help us build healthy family. He said, So being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Christ. So, what do you need to do with those things that you have recognized? Number one, Listen to other people's testimony, which we have done all through this time. You know, sometimes we are all, we have this frame of reference in our own world. And we think everything in that world is supposed to be the ideal thing. But when we learn to listen to other people and how they have journeyed, you'll be able to know that, oh, so healing is possible in this area. So, I can make a commitment to change. And I can see God, the Holy Spirit, at work in my life to be able to achieve this. So, listening to other people's testimony can become your own prayer and can become therapeutic to you. How many of us can testify to that? I mean, I've, I've listened, to, listened to people here on Sunday, listened to people on Wednesday. Even me, as your pastor, it has changed my on how to deal with people. Everyone is working progress. Every 
story to tell. But we are not telling the story. That's why all those things we keep reinventing the wheel. But as we begin to learn how to tell this story, it will not only heal us, it will help other people who are in their own process of healing. Can I have an amen? The reason why I'm saying this this morning is that don't close your mind. Don't close your mind. I mean, you had Mr. Kuka last week who said there was one person who was abusing his wife. And he was congratulating himself that after all, his own dad brought out a gun against the mother. That is just beating that he's doing, that we are making noise. So, that is very important. I don't know if you want to go back. You have anything that you are struggling with, go back. Hear other people's testimony. Number two, your personal devotion to the Lord must increase. You can get healing through that way. Either by listening to other people's testimony or increase your personal devotion to the Lord. Become vulnerable. Those things that we all carry around, I mean, um, there, is, there is that hymn. I've, I've missed the, the line. He said, can we keep to the Lord in prayer? What a friend we have in devotion. John 8, 32 says, we will know the truth, the power inherent in the truth will make us free. And verse 36 of that song, John 8 says, when we allow the Son of God to set us free, we will be truly free indeed. So, number two, personal devotion, increase it. And now that you know, maybe certain things, put light on it. Let the light of God shine upon it. If you are battling with hunger, eight, he says, scriptures, come up with scriptures. He said, hunger rests in bosom of fools. That's a scripture. He said, be angry, but do not sin. So it means I can be angry, but when I begin to introduce violence, it is becoming sin. So, you have these scriptures, and then you begin to meditate on them. You give yourself fully to it. You allow the restraining power of the Holy Spirit to help you. And that's where your new creation reality comes in. Number three, confession of your faith. Confession of your faith. You begin to gather scriptures. Who am I in Christ? Who am I in Him? I am not my dad. I am not my mom. I am not my family. I am, have been engrafted into the family of God. I have a new family. This is how we operate in this family. We can control ourselves. We have self-control. We have joy. We have peace. So, who you are, Second Corinthians 5.17 gives us the foundation. If any man is in Christ, is a new creation, all things are passed away, all things in him. So who we are in him, what we have in him, and then where we are in him. Ephesians 2, 6 says we are seated. We are seated. We are seated. Anger is under our foot. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The words of the flesh does not hold Jesus down. So we can free ourselves from all these things. Violence is the work of the flesh. Analogy is to introduce violence on the other person, saying to yourself that that's the only way they can hear you. They can hear you without being violent towards them. Can I have an amen this morning? I mean, you can't you can't come near me now. By the time you get to a certain space, I will tell you, excuse me, because why? There are boundaries. There are boundaries. There are words that we use that can mar that or can make people. Praise God. I said, praise the Lord. You see, some, people, some person says, African people don't like to hear these things. But I pray, before coming to preach this message, I'm preaching it with boldness. We need to change the narrative. We need to change it. I can't run my home the way my dad run his. 
did you say? Yes. I can't be champion conqueror. No, I will lose my wife and kids.
Luke 2, 37, he was asking the question, what shall separate us? And he listed those things. God sent his son. Everything was perfect for us. If we hold on to that, our confession of Malaysia, saying the same thing God says, sharing our testimony, we will see results. Number five today, we live our lives in his world. We live our lives. And we face it. We face it squarely. Whatever it is, we can face it. That's where the new creation reality comes in. We can face the challenges. What is taking people's home down cannot take ours. We stand strong in the face of the challenges. Let me read the testimony to you. Then I grew up with a strong ambition towards marriage. It was because of the sad reality of what marriage represented around me, especially my parents' marriage. I had witnessed my mom's career being sabotaged by her supposed husband. You know, it's still happening today. I have seen her abuse and batter all in the name of marriage from both her first and second marriage. To me, the definition of marriage is where a woman has to help the family by providing for home, providing for herself, responsible for the shelter and education of the children with no form of support from the husband. Marriage then meant that a man or a father was allowed to check out of the family in order to take a sabbatical leave from his responsibility and then come back after a few years with diseases to resume his role as an absentee father in the home. In a nutshell, marriage to me meant a bondage and a prison, especially designed for women, and I decided early not to have anything to do with this vision of marriage, but just be a successful woman. It's still happening. That thought is still in our society today, isn't it? My first culture shock about marriage happened in 2016 when I came to Lagos to spend my holidays with the family who are members of the lighthouse. The family looked happy and there seemed to be mutual respect between them. I also noticed that the atmosphere in their home carried kids for lack of better words to explain it. This family within two weeks of my stay then mirrored a picture of what marriage that I've never seen. Then fast forward to 2021, joined Lighthouse fully. I began to observe that it appeared that the church seemed to be genuinely concerned with all aspects of their members' life, including their mental and emotional well-being. I became exposed to the truth of God's word about marriage, and I realized that my ideology about marriage was not as God intended, and I could not use my parents' example as a benchmark for how a marriage relationship should work. By staying consistently under the sound ministry of the Lord, the Lord began to open my heart to the weight of age and hope that I carried from childhood. I was angry because I never knew what it meant to have leadership and example of a father. The father I knew was one who would lie, cheat, manipulate in order to have his weight. As a matter of fact, my father once tried to sell me in order to make money. But I remember one service in the lighthouse where the world came strongly about forgiving your father for the things that they have done, and just letting him go. It was difficult at that time, but I decided in my heart that I was going to let it go and just embrace the love of God. At the time, I thought I was doing my father the favor by forgiving him, even though he did not deserve it. Neither did he change his will, but I realized later that in a bid to hold on to such hot bitterness and anger, I was setting myself up for delay some area of my life. There was some level I couldn't graduate to because I had a lot of baggages holding me back. The moment I choose to forgive and allow the Holy Spirit to begin his work of comforting in me, I noticed that things started falling into place and I never really had to pray and fast so hard in order to see these changes happen. I guess all I'm trying to say is that if you have ever been hurt by anyone, whether it's your parents, sibling, friends, the longer you hold on to this, the more you hinder yourself from assessing the things that God has prepared for you. It is for your good that you should forgive. And when it seems very difficult to do, just open up to God and let Him know exactly how you feel. Trust me, He will release to you the strength to go, to let go, and comfort you. In summary, there were three stages that the Lord took me through while dealing with the baggage that I carried for so long. The first was taking me away from the environment that fueled my rage. Off and 
but in action in their everyday lifestyle. Secondly, the Lord planted me in a community called Lighthouse, a church that fully preached the raw word of God. I don't know which one is God. But preaches the word of God and encouraging its application in every area of life. As a matter of fact, the church felt more like a home to me than anything and any other any other thing there. I was consistently befriended by the words that I had each time I came to church and I yearned for more. Thirdly, I choose to embrace the word by applying every instruction I receive from God and open up myself to receive emotional healing. I started to confess what God's word has said about me. I choose not to confess my feelings. I believe you do that by just listening to God. For instance, This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.